Want me to? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is a, another episode of Midnight Movie Marauders. I'm Cameron Devan. I'm George Dahl. And today we're doing The Year of the Pig, 1995 Ghost in the Shell. The Year of the Pig? The Year of the Pig. That's Chinese mythology, bro. Oh, okay. What's yeah. This year is the year of the, of the cock, right? <laughs> yeah. That's what I heard, man. So I saw on the Wall yeah. Street Journal. Okay. Don't um, uh, before, hold up. This is. That's actually me. That's you? Yeah. My special You're Chinese the cock? Year. Yeah, I am. Wow. Nice, nice, but... Called me in high school. <laughs> Sorry, that was horrible. Um, no one called me that in high school. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, it is what it is, right? Sure. But anyways, this is a kind of... We're going off our usual path of the films we tend to talk about, right? We're talking about animation. Not even animation, anime, because there's a difference. Yeah. Anime, animation. Animation's usually... I don't want to say always childish, but... There's characteristics in anime that there isn't in, that aren't present in animation. Well, I think the really only distinction between anime and animation is that anime is just from Japan. Am I right? I mean, there's no difference in process. I mean, there's of course style differences, but um, so we were talking today about a movie from 1995 called uh, Ghost in the Shell. Ghost in the Shell. Yep. And uh, it's considered to be one of the best. Anime movies of all time. Yeah, it's. I think it's not even. It's groundbreaking, not in anime. I don't see how it's groundbreaking in anime. I see how it's groundbreaking in science fiction. Sure. And before we even talk about anything, did you watch this with subtitles or English dubbed? I actually watched the English dub, but I, I really <sighs> wish I had watched the subtitled God, version. Bro, you messed up. I man, you messed up. I've seen it twice. I you watched it up, once two years ago under the recommendation. You know, you got to see it. It's a very important movie. Um, obviously, now it's being remade with Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, that's and we that's something we'll about, get into. Yeah, later. we can talk about that. But, but, but uh, listen, but I'll, I'll, yeah, I watched the English dub. I saw it two years ago, and I rewatched it again today. And I have to say, I, I know that you uh, you suggested this movie, yeah. and I want to ask why is this considered one of the best animated movies of all time? Well, in your opinion, or if what's you don't, that? No, no, no. What's that film with uh, Harrison Ford, science fiction? Blade Runner. Blade Runner. It's kind of Blade Runner. Very similar. Very yeah. similar to Blade Tech Runner. Noir. And I think anime or animation never took on science fiction like this one has. This has to be one of the sem- seminal works in animation in regards to the science fiction. Sure. And on top of that, the philosophy that this film battles with goes deeper than a lot of film shot in real time deal with sure, and sure. I've never seen even to, to this day there's not a lot of animated films that I see that are so philosophical as this one that are that present uh, Matoko or Matoka and regard this yeah. isn't like my favorite anime movie I like anime but yeah. this is the only this is a go, Ghost in the Shell is a franchise there's yeah. a TV show there's a, it's based off a of manga mm-hmm. and there's completely different other movies but um, this is seminal because there's a cyborg who's questioning um, uh, whether or not she has a soul, yeah. essentially. And the ghost in the shell, you know, the right. you know, my soul and the yeah, skin exactly. I live in. And I think it's not even really action-adventure. No. It's really cerebral. It's, it's pretty bizarre. It's really yeah. philosophical. And if someone's watching this movie or going into watching this movie looking for... Uh, like a lot of action, a lot of fighting. Then you went. You're tuning into the wrong film. I agree. And but ultimately, ultimately, why I think this movie is important is just because of the themes it addresses that I hadn't seen 
in a lot of other animated features. I agree. I don't see anything so philosophical in anime or animation as I see in this. And it's I think it's important now because... And it's cool. I think a lot of people like, <laughs> like to bring it up because I, I had a, a classmate who did a project on this movie, oh. uh, which was the catalyst for why I watched it. But her idea was that it's it's uh, relevant because it has all to do with, I guess, gender identity and just identity in general, I suppose. I don't really think so. I don't so. see gender identity. I, yeah, She's a robot. Exactly. But I think it's just the idea people see the puppet master and it's a man's voice and obsessively a woman's body and they just think gender identity let's mm-hmm. talk about it no. I think it's really a lot she's reaching more, yeah it's got a lot more to do with artificial intelligence mm-hmm. um, and not, what is you know what is a human being yeah you know well, if you're distinguishable yeah. from a human mm-hmm. and you think you know what you what are you mm-hmm. exactly and before we even go dig any deeper I think we should just give them a plot summary I mean if you if you're listening to this and you haven't seen the movie I guess you can still Sure. It's not like Arrival. No. Arrival, if you listen to our podcast and then go see the movie, it's a ruin. I wouldn't this, spoil it for you. Yeah. I think you could listen to this and still go see the movie and be thoroughly enjoyed. But anyways, it's basically about this uh, section or there's different sectors or sections of this police, yes. Japanese police, police uh, force. Please, I'm, excited or to hear CIA. I'm excited to hear this plot description because it's hard to follow. <laughs> I had no idea what was happening. This Bro, movie. if you don't pay attention to this movie, you will, you're lost. Yes. But anyways, it's basically about this particular section, Section 9, in which Matoko and Batu work in. and Batu being her partner. Her partner, who is also a robot. Isn't he like a cyborg? He's a human who's got cyborg? No, no, no. That's the other guy with the revolver. Uh, Batu? No. Oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I thought he was a human being who had, like, cybernetic implants. Oh, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I, I no missed idea. that, though. Maybe That's I, the thing. There's no, so much going this on. This movie starts off. But, yeah, go ahead. I'll, I'll let you finish your summary. Okay. Well, anyways, it's just basically about they come across someone described as the puppet master, and he's basically hacking into other cyborgs and making – not even cyborgs, humans, which is deep. Yeah. He's hacking into humans and cyborgs and just the interweb and just just – Putting everything into yeah, chaos. He's wreaking havoc. He's wreaking havoc, basically. And th- this Section 9 uh, police force is just here to stop it. That's basically what it's there's about. There's a mystery. And there's also vague, very opaque geopolitical problems happening. Oh, there's yeah. It's lot, very foreign yeah, affairs. Yeah. Very foreign affairs. The film starts out with some sort of exchange, which it just thrusts you right into this exchange between diplomats. And there's some talk about diplomatic immunity and transferring a prisoner and then our lead character comes in and sh- shoots a guy in the head yeah. and you're like wow that's and interesting she, before let's yeah. proceed proceeding and her I, shoot she strips naked and has some sort of thermonuclear she's got a, shell that just she goes invisible yeah which is dope she's got some scene. sort of that's iconic scene you know that right divi- yeah, yeah. And it's that's beautiful iconic. it yeah. is it's iconic and it's it's come to stand it's come to be uh, like symbol of the movie is her falling off that building and then going yeah, invisible. Sh- and and so, what is her name again? The leaker? Matoko. Matoko. Yeah. I wrote it. Yeah, right here. So Matoko is having a crisis of of identity, but in the meantime, she still fulfills her duties as a police officer. And it begins with this 
you know, vague assassination of somebody. And who from, I don't even know from who that. Is. I don't know what they had to do with the plot. I was I was very confused. Now I did watch the English subtitle version. The English, I'm sorry, the English dub, yeah. which is not the optimal way to watch this movie. I'd say because the delivery is so stilted it's and horrible. And it because think about it, like oh. think about how the director personally yeah. handpicked the people who are doing the voices for the characters. Yeah, and then when you have dubbed at. Uh, the actors, they just read the script, yeah. And a lot of the things they gloss over, and they're just generalizing. Yeah. And, and, and the, there's a lot of there's more poetry in the subtitles than in the uh, dubbed. Because I watched the first 20 minutes of the dub because I couldn't find the sub when I was rewatching it. Okay, it was just so bad. It's terrible. And I'm sorry, maybe and it I, just sounds corny. Maybe I need to, I need to probably rewatch it, and I'm probably yeah, out of my depth dude. even more by talking about it by only seeing the. You dub can still version, get the but, gist, but like, but it just seems like they're just cramming exposition well, in everybody's mouth. Well, and I, I know yeah. the Japanese language is a lot. Diff- it's much more different to, to the English language than yeah. French, so it's harder to, yeah. you know. Uh, it was it was rough, and yeah. the, the actresses and the actors doing yeah. it, it's very clunky. Well, I mean, for 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 instance, there's remember the scene which I'm going to revert back to, but there's a scene where she goes scuba diving, she comes back onto the boat, and they hear a voice, which we assume to be the puppet master hacking into their cerebral whatever, right, right, right. and the voice on the dubbed says. It's as if you're looking through a glass, but yeah. not just a regular glass, a dim glass, something like that. Yeah. But on the subtitled version that I watch, it was so much more poetic and so was it simple. It was just through a glass darkly. darkly. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a Bible passage. Yeah. I think it's from Ecclesiastes. Yeah. So from now I see through a. And why couldn't they just done that in the dumb face to face? Maybe they thought Americans were too, too dumb. They wouldn't know. They could have done that easily because yeah, they were up. saying it off, and I was like. What? Are they trying to rip off? Like, why don't they? Why, why don't they, they just say, say how what the subtitle yeah, says? Yeah, when I was a child, I reasoned like a child. I thought like a child. But yeah. now, when I'm a man, I put away. What does that sound like in the dub? It just they they said that portion, but they were like, "Yes, now I see through a dim glass." And it's like, what? like you're trying to translate the Bible. It's like the Bible for dummies or something. And it, it was <sighs> just say glass weird. darkly. Yeah, like there's and there's Stupid. an Ingrid, there's a great Ingrid uh, Igmar Bergman movie called Through a Glass Darkly. I haven't seen it. With Good. oh yeah, it's got Harry Anderson and Max von Sydow. And it is phenomenal. You would love it. But anyway, Through a glass darkly. It's fantastic. It's about a woman who's losing her mind on a vacation oh, trip in a cabin. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, that's it's my, wonderful. That's and there's a great line. She goes, I've, I've seen God. He's a spider. And it's, oh. it's, 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 fan, it's really okay. great. If you like, you know, do you like Ingmar Bergman movies? Yeah, I like the Seven Seal. I like uh, yeah. Autumn Sonata. I it's like. the same actress from Summers with Monica. I don't know if you saw that one. No, I, don't, I haven't seen a lot of these movies. But anyways. They're, they're, I, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah. The, when I talk to any hardcore anime American or foreign from J- Japan fan will tell you don't ever watch dubbed My, I have a friend from a, a foreign student from China and he's a good friend of mine he says I don't even watch Chinese dubbed just okay. watch Chinese subtitle it's all just it's like making a the director handpicks these voices and you lose the voice and they distort it and, yeah. and now you have this generic voice placed over this complex film and it just takes away it's really yeah i was watching the dub and i was like i don't know how you sat through that because i was like it's it's hard maybe that's the reason why i I had a hard time but it's so so stoic but the 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 plot is very complex and at times even though the movie is only an hour and 30 minutes it's like they just crammed in now i was wondering if you knew the answer to this is this based on the entire series like they shoved the whole series of manga into one movie or is it just based on a certain book well that's well, in the subtitles, or not in the subtitles, but the opening credit, it says based on the manga. Yeah. And I, I, I think it seems that the uh, the uh, 
The know. author of the manga, I don't know who that is, but um, it seems like he might have just had this separate manga because 88 some, 80 minutes some movie. That's enough for like an there's entire a lot manga. Happening. I mean, there's a sequence from. It's this. almost, but you feel like it's compressed, but at the same time, it's so open and broad that yeah, it, it's, it's not. They, they compress. Because, you know, well, I'm glad they did this because so they compress a lot of plot into a lot of characters' mouths, right? There's a lot of exposition. There's sequences when they bring in the puppet master, the robot, if the truck driver hits him. Yeah. And Batu just goes off on, like, a paragraph of exposition. First we did this, then we did this, then that happened, and this happened. And you're just like, why are you trying to cram all this information to this guy? You know, you couldn't, it's only, you could have made it at least a hundred, uh, an hour for I don't mind because we have those beautiful sequences where essentially, we just live in the world. There's that portion of the movie that I remember where we just watch the city as it rains mm. and the music plays. And it's probably a three minute sequence of just, you like this? I, that's my favorite part of the movie. Really? I think if those scenes weren't there, I would, I would have, I would not. Care. What do you like about it? I just, I love the atmosphere. That's what I think works about this movie, the atmosphere. Cause I, the movie to me, that's when it gets interesting. That's, those are the sequences I love about Blade Runner. It reminded me a lot of um, uh, French comics from the 70s and 80s that were published, stuff that Mobius did, or like um, uh, where you just take time and you enjoy an environment. You're in a whole new world, and they take a lot of time to flesh out where you are. And this it's something that's intrinsic to manga comics that's different than American comics, is they will do that where it's just a whole page, no dialogue, where you see water going into a gutter. You see you know, uh, storefronts, you see boats going by, you see dogs barking, you know, and it's just to create a sense of mood and area and, and, and space, you know, and I really no, like, I like and that it's something too, yeah. that's not in American comics and it's in manga and it's in this movie. And I thought movies taking time to breathe, unfortunately, because you have those scenes and they have to cram everything else into, you know, well, maybe, but I thought those were the best parts of the movie. Yeah, the animation is, exqu- it's exquisite and beautiful. Yeah. For 95 dollars. I mean, there's some stuff you don't even you don't you don't see detail in, yeah. on that level and care. I feel like there's a lot we didn't catch. You ever feel that way? Watching this movie, remember the scene where, um, well, in with Matoko, there's a lot of scenes where she's, like we said, she's really more very reflective. Yeah. Than more than a human would be. And almost and she, like well, I suppose when you're in that position, you yeah, be, you yeah. have to be. And there's a scene uh, in which she's. A scene where she goes scuba diving, and mm, that's uh, a beautiful. Scene. That's my favorite scene. Yeah, that's best. And uh, Batu or Batu, I, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but uh, her partner says, well, "You know, if the uh, the machines attached to your body weren't there and they broke, you would die because she's really just sinking. Yeah, because she's a robot, and so she goes diving, but she's not really swim. She's just sinking, I'm, yeah. and then she turns on this machines and it brings her back to the surface." And there's a scene where she's almost close to the surface, mm-hmm. and it's like the sky reflected onto the, the – and she sees herself. And I, It's really beautiful. It's, that's, that's art right there, bro. Yeah. And that scene, I always think like um, looking through a glass darkly. Mm. Like it's, it's, as, it's as if like that reflection of you is either dimming or mm-hmm. becoming more clear. And, you're, and, when, and when, imagine if, if you're looking at a, a reflection of yourself and, and it's dimming, it kind of – uh, empowers individuality. It kind of uh, separates a two, uh, a uh, like. It kind of gets rid of the notion that you're separated by two psyches, yeah. and more so that mm. the reflection of you is of is dimming, and that you're just becoming more of one entity. I know there's an there's an important 
tenet in psycho- psychological studies where in child in child um, when you're a child in childhood it's yeah. called the mirror stage yeah. and it's when a human being becomes self-aware and they recognize that the reflection in the mirror is them yeah it's something that animals don't do yeah you know animals they, they either think that the, their reflection is another dog oh. they want to bark at or or they don't look in the mirror they don't even they're yeah. not self-aware in that way uh-uh. that humans are yeah and I guess that reverts or, or, or speaks to the ghost in the show, the yeah. conscience, the soul, or whatever's in there. And I think the whole movie's about that because there's also another scene in which um, maybe I'm jumping. Should we should we be a little bit more chronological? Should we just sure? Um, okay, so let's talk. I think we'll, we'll get back to what I was just going to speak about. But uh, let's talk about um, this scene. Um, damn. What's the scene when they're when they're chasing the, oh. uh, the garbage man, the oh, delivery man? Yeah, this, and the and the notions of memory and you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. So there's a, there's a sequence where first of all they're trying to trace this puppet master by finding where what physical areas he is hacking, and what turns out the puppet master has set up just an average garbage man. He's you know used motivations to trick him into hacking for him, and so. The police. So he essentially scapegoats himself through this, through this garbage man, who believes that what he's doing is hacking in on his wife, so that he can find his, so he can see his daughter because his wife shut him out because they're being divorced. Yeah. And they capture this guy, um, and see, I'm hazy here in my explanation because I'm not really sure what the hell is happening. In the plot. Yeah, and I, I really don't understand how they, how the uh, puppet so master here's hacked a, crazy a human. Thing. Here's a crazy thing. This film I think does a bad job of explaining its initial premise because yeah. I was looking was trying to figure out what the more minutia of the plot as far as the geopolitical things went and I looked up on Wikipedia and it said in the year 2030 whatever there are androids that work for the police force and that also human beings have a shell yeah they have kind of like a every, crutch every human or... being also has a mechanical element and humans can be hacked and I go okay where was this communicated was to not me? explained at all yeah it's only, only time I think it can be explained is when remember Motoko was in the uh, the van on the way to chase these garbage guys and she says well you're the great uh, partner and we took you out of the regular police force because yeah. you have a little bit of AI in you but you're Primarily human, but still, it's like I don't. This is where a Blade Runner prologue comes in handy, to where you just you need to explain things. In the year twenty thirty two, everybody's got robotic implants because I, oh, yeah, well, they yeah. did have that though, didn't they? Did they at the beginning? Remember? I don't think they have it in the dub version. They didn't. No, they didn't. You didn't see like the Japanese characters come onto the screen. Oh yeah, no, yeah, 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 yeah. But but then again, yeah. was it enough though? I, I don't know. I was confused. I. The movie is so short. It moves so fast, to, and it's just you kind of you're not really sure what's happening. Well, you know, the second this is uh, the first Ghost in the Show was a classic. The second one got uh, uh, won some sort of the 2004 Canes oh, Film Festival for Canes? Best Anime. Yeah, yeah. Which so these people like these movies. Uh, well, you know, the artistry is what I think is the number one thing. Um, but honestly, the artistry I wasn't. That was what I was. I didn't. Away by. I, when, I, when you say artistry, I'm, I'm not away. thinking of like. The image. I'm thinking of more so the cinematography, and the and like not how things look, but how things are, like the scene where she's floating to the surface and you see the yeah how shots are composed yeah how shots are composed not how they look because when I'm but maybe it's 95 and okay no because it's it's a lot, there's a lot of advanced movement for an animated movie yeah you're right right you're I mean right. I've noticed this like you know generally in American animation you want to try to 
make it as fast as possible in that Disney kind of assembly line mentality. You want it to look yeah. nice, yeah. you know, but you wanted to, you know, you want to be sure that the characters are easy to animate and it goes quickly. Mm. I get what you're saying. And, and there could be simple movement. Uh, think of Hanna-Barbera. Think of, you know, Disney movies. Think of, you know, uh, Ralph Bakshi or Don Bluth. Characters, the, sometimes the background's really elaborate, but main characters are always simplified. Mm. And, and, you know, usually it's on a flat, you know, linear plane and people walk from left to right. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. And I've noticed this, this is more yeah, world building. They compose type. shots like you would if you were making a live Regular action movie. picture. Yeah. You know, especially when she's, you know, in the, the bath at the beginning and they're yeah. you know, x-raying her. And yeah. there's all sorts of really elaborate shots that yeah. a lot of times as an artist you would try to avoid just because they'd be too complex. I do it when I draw my comics. Yeah. I go, I could draw like this, but it'd be faster yeah. and easier to just do it like this. Well, I mean, I guess it's even really the heart. It's, it's, I guess we said you could listen to this and then watch the film, but at the same time, it, it goes either way because I don't even know how to explain this movie to someone. I feel like it's this really would almost hard. be a better Cliff Notes. Like if you just, you know, the reason I, the reason I think we do this podcast is not because we think we're experts or you know, or just that, opinions. But yeah, but I think that a lot of times today people will watch a movie and they won't necessarily have anyone to talk to about it and they yeah. like to go to the internet and they want to hear yeah. someone else's opinion they want to hear some generalized Jeffrey uh, yeah. Johns they don't or, want Jeremy Johns or who, Jeremy Steve Johns yeah, or yeah. who's the other guy uh, uh, Schmozno Schmozno and Steve or Je- I don't even remember who they are but they also yeah. man, they're yeah, all generalized yeah. and they're just all five fun. minutes like it was really good it was yeah. cool they were doing this dude. they're doing that it's like shut up but yeah that's why I like some podcasts that are just long form people just talking they just talk how they talk if you were to watch like I did two years ago, this movie in a dorm room, and I mean, you're not going to go to your. Well, how did you feel when you watched this and like for the first time? Because I, I remember when I watched I actually, this, I didn't like it. I felt let down. Yeah, I felt. We'll get to this in the uh, later podcast, but it's the compression that you feel in the movie. You feel like I want more, and how it yeah. ends, it's like you yeah. want more. But after seeing it for the second time, I realized no. Yeah, it's how it ends is supposed to. You know what how I, it ends, and I can explain that. You know what I think? What I think you see the trailer for this movie, you see the images of it, and you think it's something. Yeah. This has got some potential to be just a visual feast and dynamic and action packed and amazing. Yeah. And then you watch it, and it's much more cerebral and methodical Internal, than you expected it to be, and yeah, you're just kind of like inquisitive and oh, philosophical. But you know what? That's how I first felt when I watched Blade Runner, one of my favorite movies. Yeah, I was expecting an action movie. And it's not. No. And I was. Well, I've been seeing that movie all the way, but oh, yeah, I've seen no. it probably thirty times. But Jesus. but, um, but I think going back to when I, why I think this movie is uh, seminal. Uh, you know what the opening credits remind me of is the Matrix, the green text, and they're coming in and it I could forms see how the Wachowskis would have been very, especially with the idea of what's real, who are you? You know, we were talking about reminds the, me of the Matrix, the garbage Matrix. truck, and then the cords. Yeah. How they're hooked up? Yeah. She says, "Hook me up," and then she sees that. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying there's a direct connection, but I think the I Wachowskis have even admitted they were really influenced by this movie. Oh, for real? And yeah, and um, I just we were saw talking that. about identity and you know it being off the grid or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And there's the garbage man character who he was hacked into believing that he had a wife and child, so that he would, you know, so that he would. Uh, it's uh, kind of like reminiscent of, the, of Neo, but not yeah, all the way. Exactly. It's like. But um, you know, then they have to break it down to him and say, "Hey, your brain was hacked, and your memories were, you're, you know, were, were messed with." And that's done in the first Matrix. It as is, well. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I really saw the Matrix in this movie, and then also, I mean, maybe this is also a jump, but a lot of films that I see now, like for, have you seen Westworld? 
No, and I was well, thinking about it when I... We, well, Wes, there's the opening... About it. Yeah, the opening sequence when she's the, this robot's getting built and she's in this white wax or white goo, whatever that is, is just like how they do in Westworld. Yeah. And I just feel like this movie is super influential to a lot of people. Well, Westworld's actually based on a book. Yeah, Michael 70s. Crichton. Yeah. But then again, the visuals, though. Right, the visuals. I don't think Michael yeah. Crichton was... Considering and the, you're absolutely right, and I think this this movie. I'm trying to think of anything before '95 that, that was had probably Terminator. The Terminator, as far as they assembling just, robots and putting, you know what I'm saying. But there wasn't no "Why am I a robot?" No, there's, there wasn't any of that. <laughs> there was no self introspection no, no. as a cyborg. No, and um, I think where this movie really takes you by the grabs you by the throat. Like hardcore is when you, you're introduced to the puppet master for real, right? Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm not a man. I'm not artificial intelligence. I'm just a project. I was created. Yeah. And he's, my name is Project 2501. And he says, he's just a life form. He came out of like he's just the, the web. He, he's like, he's a creation. He came out of the primordial ooze of the computers. Yeah. He's not, just like he, we came out of the, you know, the rivers and, you know, when, you know, in the, yeah, and it's so hard to wrap my yeah. that whole monologue. Remember that when he was talking, which was really kind of yeah. I guess if you you, you messed up watching the dub because the Japanese yeah. voice was so dark and grim. He's like, and it was just a lot better. I should rewatch it. Should, with this sometimes. But um, um, oh yeah, I, I wrote a quote down that he says actually. Um, all right, he says when they that's when he's uh, in a cyborg. Yeah, remember, and they he's capture he's him, and he's and he. Intentionally wanted to be captured so he could get off this monologue and be, and let I guess let these people know that hey it's yeah, lit we're real. Yeah. But he says um, they ask him, um, "You're not you're not a life form. You're just a you're just not even matter. You're just it's like really, a you're, you're just a, an algorithm. You're, you're a just product of information. information. Yeah, yeah. And he says uh, man gains his individuality from the memories he carries." While memories may as well be the same as fantasy, it is by these memories that mankind exists. Mm-hmm. And so he's saying that, like, remember the scene back to the garbage guy where he concocted yeah. these memories? He's saying almost almost as if that, like, everything's artificial. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, think about memories. It's hard to explain, bro. Think about the idea of, I mean, we know that memories are completely unreliable. Yeah, that you know, yeah. witness testimony in a in a court case yeah. is usually always wrong. And you, and, People, and so, yeah, psychology. Your mind just messes things up. Yeah, and you, you know, know when you remember, happen. when you remember something, it's whenever you, whatever you remembered is not exactly how it played out. Right, and and we, the, our memories are like stored knowledge that help us make future decisions. Yeah, and help us learn about the world. And if our brains are constantly undermining this information we're taking in. What is reality except for something that we just constructed in our own mind? It's just a perception. Yeah, yeah. And that's why saying memories is the foundation for everything. Right. If you didn't remember anything, mankind wouldn't exist. I guess that's what this, uh, the Project 2501 is saying. And it's kind of like, I mean, it exists, but we wouldn't perceive it. We would, it's hard to, it's yeah, like you cool. wouldn't really, go, you yeah. wouldn't really have any, gain any significance out of anything. We wouldn't even be able to survive. Technically, it's, it's just, if you didn't remember anything, you wouldn't be able to live for the future. It's like human society is just accruing knowledge over time, yeah. learning more and more now. Yeah. And what's the difference between that and the computer? It just continues to learn and build up a library yeah. of information. That's his point. You know, yeah. That's his point. He That's says, cool. like, uh, his his way of uh, – I forgot exactly what he says, but he says, like, uh, 
um, his algorithms, his coding, yeah. everything that makes him into the Project 2501 or entity that he is, is synonymous with human beings' DNA right. or our organs yeah. or our nervous DNA system. It's like, it's just, it's all, it's similar. It's just one's I mean, think this about the, you know, when you see, I'm not sure exactly what the technical term is because I don't know anything about computers. Yeah, we know, this is cinema, bro. Right we know cinema. Moron sitting around, but you see those Think of the Matrix in the beginning of this film. Those binary numbers descend, yeah. right? All that the the code. Yeah. What's the difference between a code and for a computer and DNA? They're just building blocks of a large organism. One one a computerized organism, one a biological flesh and blood organism. And you know what? Oh man! <laughs> no, I'm not even saying. Yeah. I'm not even trying to. I'm just really thinking about that yeah, because cool. when you think about that, uh, when you when you think about those notions, it's kind of makes you think that. A world in which cyborgs and humans live alike, such as in Ghost in the Show, it's yeah. dystopian. Right. There's no great outcome of it because essentially, we're the, the, eventually the the creation is going to transcend the creator. How are we different than God by making these robots, making artificial intelligence? I guess the only difference is that we. Uh, I mean, we accidentally did it. It's no, I mean, I'm saying if it, you know, in the context of this movie. Oh, in the still, context of this movie, yeah, it's okay. still it's still up in the air. I think everybody I think, knows I think that humans can't transcend God, but these robots can can trans, transcend humans. Yeah, or we can. I mean, if we give rise to a new form of life, think about it. Human beings could be eradicated, but there would be still things happening. If 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 consciousness exists in a which is you're getting which is now. It's, it's deep. This is stuff that Sam Harris, I know, brought yeah. before a guy I really admire. It's been talking about it as of late. He's yeah. kind of made his new project to talk about artificial yeah. intelligence. Yeah. And he talks about what if – he goes, it's not necessarily a doomsday scenario, artificial intelligence. And I don't want to get off a whole – No, I mean that's what our movie yeah, is. Yeah, But he goes, think about this. They're thriving. He goes, what's it like – he goes, if – you know, think about consciousness. Is there anything that it's like to be a fly? Like so if you were turned into a fly, would it be the equivalent of dying? Or would you have some sort of experience? Yeah. If there's nothing that it's like to be a fly, there's no consciousness. So if you were, you know, is there something on in a computer that makes it run? So say, not necessarily in the future, um, artificial intelligence will turn into Terminator robots that will kill everybody. But just if, something if unimaginable. Yeah. If their goals are misaligned with ours at any degree, it could be disastrous for yeah, us. You're right. And then if human beings are eradicated, there would still be movement and growth and things happening on earth yeah. but would the lights be on would there just be would it just be like brush growing in a forest yeah and there's no, no you life? know it's wild. I, I, yeah. I watched this ted talk and it reminds me of like a a robot or ai who is trying to accomplish a goal that isn't aligned with a human goal isn't even thinking of morality when he eradicates the human race they're just thinking i have to get rid of this productivity same with deforestation right and we've seen this story a right. lot. Yeah. We've seen the story a lot with... Same you know, with any kind of uh, natural resource that humans just eradicate to right. build industrial we need paper. complexes. Yeah. yeah, yeah we yeah. need paper so we get rid of the tree. Right. And it's not even like... Because humans... I mean... It's not it, a malicious. No, it's just what we have to do. And robots, yeah. if they garnered that same sort of ideology or that same mentality... It'd be a wrap. And I know Elon Musk has said, <laughs> he goes, it'd be a wrap. It'd be a wrap. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> Elon Musk has said, you know, we need to make sure that before we birth this AI by accident and unleash it upon the world, because there are people, scientists, 
they are they're just currently really working on it. And they can, it would be like at CERN if some big disaster happened when they're smashing atoms to find the dark matter that they just blew up the entire universe. They possibly could. You know, we don't know what could happen, but it would be like a scientist somewhere gives birth to AI and infects every system. And who knows if it's not finally calibrated and all the moral arguments haven't been made. You know, you could give a computer an edict like get rid of spam. And uh-huh. Elon Musk said, and what's the best way to get rid of spam? Kill all humans. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think Dang, that, that's scary. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think people aren't really concerned with things like that, but they should be. No, no yeah. I don't know why not. I mean, think about it. You see, hey, did you see that video uh, on Twitter that. where the robot was like, "I am not a robot," and it like proves that it's not a robot, but it's a no. robot. Have you seen that? No. It's like this robot, and what he's trying to log into, the robot's trying to log into like an email address or log into some page, web page, and it says, prove that you're not a robot. Do this, do that. And the robot- Only does it. He does it. And, and it lets him in. And I was like, all right. <laughs> but I mean, that case, wouldn't you just be able to trick another robot? I would want to see one go up against a Turing test. Which, I, of course, mm-hmm. I'm not sure of all the particulars of the Turing test. But the, the Turing test is basically saying you don't whether or not you'll know if you're talking to a robot or if you are a robot. To a computer or, or to an artificial. Yeah. You have a conversation with a robot, and if you can say if it's yeah. a robot or not. Well, we don't know really what consciousness is even in our own body. Is, isn't, so isn't that we're trying to create? We, we haven't even. Re- we don't even know what it is, and we're trying to make it in, in robots, which is, you know, Sam Harris has had talks about, he's talked about Westworld. And yeah. I haven't seen that. It's a big blind yeah. spot in what I need to watch. But there's Dolores, a robot. Yeah. And he says basically – and this ties back into Ghost in the Shell, which is if these robots are so indistinguishable from humans, they look like humans, they act like humans, but they're really no different from a toaster because there's no consciousness there. Still, if I you, were, if you were to kill them or rape, rape. them, you know, you would be just – how would you be different than a rapist or a real murderer? Yeah. It's only through the personific- personification yeah. of these robots yeah. that you feel some sort of moral guilt. Right. Because – but then again, it's like why are humans so vain that we have to create cyborgs that look like us? Because we want to reenact fantasies. Yeah, it's just kind of immoral game. in a sense, right? Yeah. And so he basically and says – And remember the cyborg in the movie, she's always naked. Right. And I think – And she has, she has developed breasts and – Yeah. And I'm Do like, you why? Think that was more of like a peen to the anime fan base – it's hard they to say, but, but because I know anime in Japan, that, and also that, at the end when she turns into a little girl, and I was like, "Yeah," because I know I think we know that there's a lot of stuff in Japanese culture. Yeah, that's that like a fetishization of young schoolgirls. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And when you look at anime, it's always even men, boys or girls. It's always in high school or middle look at school. Sailor Moon. Yeah, Sailor Moon is yeah. kind of. I don't. I'm not even. I'm, maybe not hentai, but I mean, I'm just kinda, saying, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something. And then like even that. the fact that hentai is a thing. Yeah. And People beating off for, to anime. It's been a thing for a long Years. time. Yeah. You know, actually, I was looking through an art book, and there was, it was like, you know, examples of art that had been repressed throughout the ages because it's controversial, right? So in Japan, I think if you, you this is made fun of a lot, but there's a big fetish for women having sex with animals with tentacles, yeah. and, and this what? goes back to this goes back to the 1600s. I mean, it, it was there's a there's a you know you see so say I'm not really I have no expert on Japanese yeah. I couldn't tell you what That's period so it's savage. from I couldn't tell you what period it's from but I mean th- you go into P F Chang there's a big mural on the wall yeah within that kind of style of art there are images of women and octopuses having sex wow from 500 years ago so if something is happening there 
Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah. hey, do what you got to do, man. I mean, I, that's I, not, I I, I'm not into it, but I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. but then again, I'm not trying, hey, whatever your art is. I, sure. I mean, there's do what you gotta something do. happening. But there. at the end of the day, we know for a fact that there's some sort of fetishization that I don't know what it is. So, yeah, there's instances where the, the uh, she's always naked. She's but always naked. You notice that but, generally but, um, Batu tries to cover her up with his jacket. Yeah. Or when she's on the boat and she gets yeah. naked, he looks away. Right. It's almost as if she is trying to be human, but she doesn't know what it's like to be human. Or she's not shamed she's in not, a way human is because yeah. her... So she can never be human. Her corporeal body isn't personal to her. It's just a vessel, yeah. right? Yeah, and, she's, she's, she's always wanting something yeah. humanistic, but it's always going to be unattainable. And it's like Harris says about robots. He goes, you wouldn't want to live in a society where people want to create robots in order to kill them and murder them. Or rape them. And so Bateau, even though he could look at her and it would be just like looking at a naked toaster, right? Yeah. He, he, he reverts his eyes because there's something dehumanizing about that. Yeah. And even though it's not a human. Yeah. But it's like what Sam Harris is saying. It's the personification that really is confusing because, you know, if you like if I have a wife 20, 30 years from now and cyborgs are yeah. yeah, I'm gonna be old. Cyborgs are lit. They're walking around, you know, and they look like us. And situation. I have sex with a female cyborg. Is that cheating on my wife? I if, mean, is it? Is, is it? And she looks like a yeah. woman. Yeah. She looks like a woman. She feels like a woman. She talks like a woman. She has the. Maybe she even has a conscience. If she has a conscience, then she's another. I, I don't know. I mean, do we do? I mean, but she's a. She's. A, guess, she was made in a lab. I guess we define what humanity is by consciousness. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, she, but I mean, she doesn't have a conscience. She's just like a... She's just like a vacuum, you know, but I mean... But she is able to give off the she's illusion no more different that than she an, has a, an appliance, but she just looks, looks. exactly And she like gives it. off the illusion that she has something going on up, yeah. upstairs. And I have sex with her, and I tell my wife, oh, yeah, you know, I was smashing uh, Dolores the other night. What do you think about that? Why, you cheated on me, why? Right. Is that... I mean, is she wrong for that, or... I mean, because if I if I had a wife and I had sex with a blow up doll, if I had sex with plastic, I mean, there might be a problem. Like, why are yeah, you doing yeah. that? Why are you doing <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, yeah, if I'm I mean, having sex with like it'd plastic, be, it'd be it's, less severe. It wouldn't be. My wife would just be like, "Are you okay?" She wouldn't be like, "You cheated on me." No, no. But if I have sex with a woman that's a robot but looks like a woman, it's I don't know, man. Yeah, that's that's a. You can see how common it would be. I yeah. mean, it's that ghost in the shell. You, know, you don't know if something's too, there. Like that, that sort of thing would eliminate. I mean, you could easily see how the human race would die out. I mean, you know, it's going to happen. Did bro. You know, in Japan, in, in Japan, sex, like they've measured, like the sex drive of their young youth, yeah. is drastically low. They just, they don't. They don't not, have, nobody's out there. Getting no, money. no. They, they, Why not? They're, they're they're very distracted by technology. There's not wow, their sex wow. drive has been diminished by outside. Um, in Japan? Yeah. Damn. Yeah, and I mean, think about, you know, in developing nations, people are having less and less kids. You can see to where someday they would be almost like an Alice Huxley world where they go, no one's having sex because everyone's got the perfect Janelle Bunchen clone robot in their house. No one's getting married. The institution of the family essentially goes away and we're just growing people like Brave New World. That's that's dystopian. Yeah. So maybe the... It's I'm, I'm not saying that the... the um, that ghost in the show is trying to convey this, but maybe any world where cyborgs and humans live alike or amongst each other is dystopian. We don't yeah. want that ever. I don't. Because, dog, I mean, a, a robot could wipe a human out like it wasn't nothing. And if they were conscious... The other thing, too, is that they... they it'd be no- they, they would be so... They would be better at humans at everything. Everything. So what would you do with your time? 
The only thing that we, we could excel is just like inherent emotional, like human traits, I guess, or morality or questioning things. But yeah. even that, yeah, I mean, be you, you, so you think about the car. The car created more wealth in an economy because you're able to get more work done. It's able to help you produce more, yeah. right? So human beings become richer because this wealth creation device is there. Yeah. If you have robots, it's the ultimate wealth creation device. Eventually, they'll pay for themselves. They'll just grow food. There'll be an abundance of everything we possibly need. There'll be, no one will need to work to produce anything. I mean, then I, I mean, we're really getting off the reservation here. But then at that, yeah, point, we're really. I mean, we're, human beings. What do you do if there's no work? You, you're just getting a check from whoever. You know. A, a oh universal, yeah, a yo, this is basic. Yo, check. I remember. Yeah, yeah, Sam Harris was talking about. He was saying like, okay, we have self-driving cars, and uh, a self-driving car is like going down the street, and you're you're in the passenger or you're oh, in the driver's I love seat. This argument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's saying. He goes, should uh, the so, car- yeah, it doesn't have a, a moral compass. Should the car save you or should the car save yeah. the person should that's going to hit? Should it privilege your life or the life of outside passengers? Yeah. Or should it say three people will die if you run into them or yeah. you will die? We'll yeah. measure it in that sort of a, uh, a Spock-like, yeah. the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Yeah. I mean, what will it do? What, you should, what should you program it to do? It's like it's like the trolley problem, it's which a, is the it's like you any can way pull the lever on a runaway train and hit one person or three people. What do you do? Yeah. I mean, obviously, I guess you got to hit the one, but what if that one cured cancer? Or? It's, you, but you, yeah. by doing that, you're intentionally murdering one person. Yeah, it's a cool, it's a cool problem. And it's, you know, also the universal basic income is a great idea. I mean, it's not a great. I don't know if it's a great idea now, but in the future, when you have unlimited wealth being produced for free, essentially by robots who can do every job, every job better than a human. Yeah. What will humanity do if they have nothing to strive for? If they've met this ultimate utopia? And like, why even bother reading or working on academic pursuits yeah. or building anything if a robot can do it? Yeah, better. it'd just be some sort of it'd just be nihilism. High. Yeah, everyone would be just become nihilistic if you couldn't even exceed. It'd almost be like the talents or traits of a robot. You'd be a hedonist. Like you would just you, you would just, just get or, a universal basic income check from the government and be yeah. like, time to party every day all the time. Yeah, or yeah, you, just be decadent all the time. Why just not? Be smashing and yeah, yeah. Doing why not? Drugs and. But Everybody I think that would just would be devastating to the human brain because I know. So think about this: the idea of working out 150 years ago would be like, why would you working out? Yeah. Wait. So on your free time, you you, you I mean, aren't you working enough on the field? People uh, didn't have to work out because they were working, chopping wood, yeah. you know, plowing fields for themselves. Yeah. The idea of working out is a decadent idea. Yeah. Because we don't do any work, so we have to like artificially stimulate ourselves yeah. and do yeah. it, right. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a good point. So we'll just have to like go to college just to keep us sane. Yeah, or, you know, or do, you know, I mean, we we'll just be just hobbying to death. And you know what? Though? Because our brains won't catch up with evolution, and they'll keep thinking yeah. hunter gather, hunter gather. Yeah, need a, need a move, yeah, fight yeah. or flight type. type right, shit, yeah. and our, our genetic. Attunements just won't be ready for what we're up, you know, what we're doing. Yeah. Which is why people get, they say one of the reasons for anxiety is people don't work with their hands anymore. And if you work with your hands and you do manual labor, it makes you feel better. You you forget? Or your brain is just wondering what you're doing. Because you've got a genetic code from the Neanderthal times that's like, why aren't you running and hunting and working to survive? Our genes are trying to kick in to tell us to help survive, but we don't need their help. So we're just getting conflicting signals all the time, and so they say you it's gotta, like this evolution, this evolutionary. It hasn't caught up with how fast we've moved technologically. That's deep, dog. Yeah. Well, damn, that was deep. 
Just regurgitate. This is what we do. Yeah, this is what we do. This just is what we do. Regurgitating things I've heard. Hey, man, certified copy, you know? Copy sometimes better than original. <laughs> there you go. Anyways, uh, back to... Steel. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> back to Ghost in the Shell. Um, something that I kept thinking about is how these cyborgs have to know that they're better than humans, right? Yes. They have to know that we transcend humans in every way. Yeah. Even emotionally, like, because you don't want to be super sensitive to you. Does anyone want to be sensitive to their emotions? They want to be stoic almost. They want to be, yeah, they want to be logical, right? Or even if they do want to live in their emotions, they want to be comfortable. Arguments about this to where ethical, right? Their idea was it was about depression pills. And it's like, how good of a depression pill do you want? Yeah, I mean, mean, think about it. If you keep taking pills to deal with something that you need to deal with on your own, right? And they're saying, should there be a pill for grief? Like, say your child dies. Do you want to be able to take a pill that's so good that you don't care and you're just happy? Yeah, but then again, there's clinical depression. Right, right. The brain is literally is is not producing enough dopamine or whatever. It's not at the same as as a normal brain. But it makes still a good point. Clinical depression arguably could be still, you know, cared for through therapy and just talking it out. But it's it's debatable. It's 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 out there. But anyways, um, when when uh, what's the Maddox is confronted with Project Two Five Zero One, and when she goes in, she dives in theoretically into her mind, yeah, or her web or whatever this entity is. Uh, the project explains to her her plan, and her whole plan is basically based off this foundation of want to subscribe to human notions of evolving or leaving a trace on the world. She yeah. says. I'll die eventually, and and I need something or someone to keep my presence here, such as passing on lineage. And she says, well, why don't you make a copy of yourself? And she said, if I make a copy of myself, it will be too decipherable, and people will be able to eliminate it quickly. But if I make a v- variety of different lineages of myself through you, that's, which is, she goes even deeper, I'll make a variety of different lineages through you and through you you'll put them onto the web so I'll exist forever through a variation of codes and algorithms that no one could decipher and I'd be eternal will his consciousness live on or will his legacy and his ideas I think it's not necessarily his consciousness won't but I think his the his legacy. Okay. You know because he says when when he when he so in that case, which is deep though, it's right? Different than Carnegie buying libraries so he can have his name on stuff forever in perpetuity yeah. to preserve his legacy. Yeah. Isn't that wild? But then again, it, I mean, there's still along with legacy though. When you put it on the web, it's he's he's trying to con- like the only thing I don't understand is like I don't know what this per- this project wants to accomplish. Yeah. I don't know what the well, goal I, you is. Know, I suppose it's just. It's just being What's the project human. of humanity? Just continue to survive? Yeah. It just wants to survive. And this Project 2501, they just want to be human so bad. Yeah. If, 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 yeah. if he's taking a chance to just go through, through this uh, cyborg and say, hey, I'm going to put my code through you and you're going to put it on the web and I'll have a variety of codes that exist all within me so I can be eternal. It's like, wow, you really want to be human. It's like you want to have a lineage. Yeah, it seems, and I don't know why these cyborgs are so concerned with being human, and it's maybe like humans are so concerned with being godlike or divine. You know, you ever seen the messiahs who are like, "I'm 
Jesus. Yeah. I am <laughs> I am the the chosen one. The God has sent me down. There's been hundreds of people like that. I'm not it's not as prevalent, but I don't know. I mean maybe it's the same thing. Or it's just they're saying something about the nature of life, which is life is almost like a disease and that there's some function of it that needs to just it needs to perpetuate itself. So it's like everything we do is just meaningless like it's just so we can leave our stamp on with our kids I mean think about this is getting deep man think about how important it is for for um, a person even when they're gonna die to be remembered I mean think about how you kind of tombstone, live on right? and memory you know what I'm saying you need a tombstone you need yeah. a grave even for not even the even person, if you're going to die and you don't care, you know, there's a good movie with James Cagney. It's an old gangster movie from the 30s mm. called Angels with Dirty Faces. Yeah, movie's about a gangster. I'm sorry, I have to go off on a little bit of tangent not here. But it's about a gangster, and he comes back into the town, and he's friends with a priest. They were childhood friends. Mm. And the priest has a hard time trying to get all the ruffians in the neighborhood to like behave and go to church. And he wants them to have go to school and everything. Yeah. And James Cagney shows up and all the kids think he's awesome because he's a, you know, he's a gangster. He's got money. Yeah, he's he's cool. really cool. Yeah, yeah. And at the end, all the kids want to em- emulate him and they're drinking and they're gambling and they're you know doing crime and everything. And the priest goes to James Cagney as after he's been caught and he's on death, death row. And he goes, these kids think you're really awesome, and they think that you going to the chair is a big F you to the state, and you don't care. And he's the whole time, he's like, I don't care, kill me, whatever, I'm going to this, I don't mind. And he goes, what I want you to do for the sake of these kids is when you get up there, turn yellow, quote unquote. Be a coward. Show these kids that this is not the way. And he goes, all right, I'll do it. And at the very end, before they're about to shock him, he just goes, please don't kill me, please. And he acts like a total coward. And he's killed, and that's the way he'll be remembered, as a lie, essentially. But he did it for these kids. And I thought it was such a really – and then the kids go, wow, maybe he wasn't such a brave guy after all. I don't want to be like him. That sounds horrible to get – you know. And you know, he did it knowing that he was going to die. And And it doesn't – it's like – remember the – this this whole film kind of reminds me of Chris Marker, La Jetée. Like memory, mm, that's like a good point. Yeah, memory Explain is really. Well, La Jetée, you know, is a French new wave film shot in photographs. It's only twenty minutes long. It's my one of my favorite top five films by Chris Marker, and basically, it's a dystopian future apocalyptic film about a man time traveling into the past to save the future. And when I think nineteen sixty. Three, I think. Yeah, 62 yeah. or 63. Pretty radical concept. Which We've is, seen it ripped off in X-Men comics and in the Terminator. And yeah, it's... 12 monkeys? or 12, 12 monkeys, monkeys, yeah. 12 monkeys based well, on based off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not ripped off. Right. But uh, yeah, there was homage. But um, yeah, I, their whole, the whole notion of memory, it reminded me of uh, La Jete because um, both Chris Marker and the the director... Damn, I'm drawing a blank. I don't know the director of the film, which well, is bad. Of this, of neither do I. Goes God, yeah. Japanese director, but I'm, I'm sure he's iconic. Sure, but, guy. Um, but both use memory as the foundation for humankind's existence. It's yeah. like without it, we have nothing. And when you think about it, if I didn't remember that we had a podcast, I didn't remember who I was. You just kept remember, rebooting. Remember that the garbage man? He says, "Hey, actually, that guy hacked you. You don't have a family. You live alone." No, 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 I just left them to live in this apartment. We got a divorce, have a kid. No, yeah. he's been living there for 10 years. And yeah. he's like, his whole world crumbles. Right. He has nothing. His identity crumbles. His identi- he has nothing, though. You know, the other thing, too, is I think that's such a 
You're right. Memory. What thought, you, you know what? Thank you for bringing that up because I never thought about how important that is to people and their memory. and and their their foundations of being a human. Because this explains, I think, why um, short term memory loss is such a, a concept that people keep revisiting in media all the time. You know, we see it in soap operas, we see it in comics, we see it in movies, because that idea of being able to have your mind wiped and to be in the same body, but to reinvent yourself. It's bizarre. Or the idea that two clones, if they're separated, you know, it's kind of a nature versus nurture argument, but you separated two clones and then you put them on the opposite sides of the coast and they came back after growing up apart. Yeah. What would they be like? Exactly. Or just like my dad has Alzheimer's, he's not my dad anymore. He doesn't remember that I'm his son. He yeah. just remembers meeting my mom, and then he he's, just remembers me having That's me. interesting. I think that's such a fear. My, I think Alzheimer's is Alzheimer's it's a hard disease. My grandma I'm, had it. Yeah, it's and just, it was very hard because that because they're there. It's almost like they're a ghost. Yeah. Because ghost they're there. The, but, ghost but in the ship. It's almost like they're there, but they're not. It's almost just like a pale imitation of the person you used to know because – not all their memories are there and their memories defined how they behaved and who they were and sometimes yeah. you would forget who my mother was or yeah. but you know the funny thing about my grandma was that she would forget all sorts of really big events she would often ask and it's hard to be around someone with Alzheimer's because they'll say you know how is Uncle Frank and every five minutes you'd be like Uncle Frank died five years ago you know what I mean sorry yeah, yeah, you have to like they revisit just, they keep reliving horrible memories. things over and over again and you know, they'll be sad about it they'll be like oh no and they'll have to just keep reliving this horrible and you know, and then but she would remember things that were she for what instance she remembered her first communion back in 1915 like it was yesterday. Yeah. Every detail. It kind of makes yeah, memory seem meaningless when she remembers things like that. What did she, she doesn't remember the death of the like family just member? Like sand slipping through your fingers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, bro. But yeah, when I was thinking about this, he keep the, the robot or the the project. It isn't even an entity. Just yeah, it's without bad. memory. Mankind wouldn't exist. So, mm-hmm. yeah, well, it's, a, it's a distinguishing thing that treat. And you know what? Even animals have it to a point. Yeah, not as well, but they'll remember. I mean, if you call an animal something for so long, they're going to remember that. That's what you call them. It's That's how they respond. Interesting. I had a I had a, a small dog at our house. We have two dogs. We had one that was small, little like house dog. Yeah. And um, it would go to the bathroom like a normal dog. Yeah. It would just sit, crouch, and do his thing. Yeah. Uh, we had another dog that my dad. It was a buddy of his. He said, "Hey, can you watch my dog for a while?" Yeah. We had it for like a year. It ended up dying. But whenever it would go to the bathroom, I know this sounds weird, it would do a thing where it would kick its legs behind its back. It would kick, kick, kick to, like, try to bury its feces, right? Yeah. And our little dog watched him do that and then started doing hmm. You know, it was like learning, observe things, even though it wasn't necessary to do it. They just learned it as, like, a habit of things to do. So I thought that that was interesting because you don't often hear about knowledge being passed down from animal to animal. You know, I mean, obviously an animal can learn things in its own life. Like, you know, Pavlov's dog tricks. Like, you know, yeah. if I, when I ring the bell, you come get it. And the Psychology. dog, the dog <laughs> learns, you know, yeah. but you never hear about dogs passing on knowledge. And that is what something that I have seen demonstrably with my two dogs. Animals passing knowledge from one, because the dog is dead now and he still does. Dang. Kind of wild. It's kind of. It was kind of a, an odd this, story to you tell. Know, but, I you mean, know. I guess to wrap up. With this, <laughs> this movie, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You got yeah. We went to the dog. No, um, to wrap up, it's like this movie. I'm, I'm starting to think it wasn't about cyborgs at all, man. That's yeah. I feel like it was a, a used, uh, a subject or an idea or a catalyst for humans to reflect on. Say how about, much different are you from these robots? Yeah. 
and it's damn man it's it's because what what uh, there's it's, it's hard to explain man I, um, it's yeah. almost when you get these humanistic movies such as these it's it's hard to articulate what you want to say because it's so it hits it's, you at the core man it's yeah. like without memory or nothing or uh, a robot is trying to feel all the things when she remember the, when the robot goes into the sea and she's sinking literally just sinking into what she thinks are human emotions and she goes up and gets back on the boat and the her robot co-partner's like why'd you do that she's like I want to feel and she says I want to feel anxiety fear excitement I want to feel all these human emotions and I mean the former and the latter of the two or like are sometimes emotions humans don't want to feel right it's almost as if this robot's trying to feel things that humans sometimes don't want to feel at all. I mean, think about it. It's like it. she's trying to be more human than humans are trying to be human. Yeah. And it's like, why don't we just kind of really accept, accept and live it's kind of why our emotions? Horror movies are popular. Like I was saying before about having to work out because that part of our that part of our genes isn't being exercised. Yeah. The, the fear element a lot of times in our modern life, you know, we're very doesn't well protected. Doesn't exist. So we have a fight or flight mentality that just, I guess when it's tickled, is just people want to see, be scared because it feels good, primordial. You know what, though? When's the last time you've been thoroughly afraid in your real life? And I'm not talking about like bodily, anxious, physically like afraid. scared. Like, oh, no, I'm going to get grand on this test. No. That, not, that's that kind of, anxiety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm talking about fear. Like someone's going to eat you, for someone's going to hurt you. I think maybe... You, you look down in the car and you at the last minute whoa whoa, whoa and you, you correct yeah. for you almost hit a mailbox or something I guess yeah that's yeah. I mean, but that would be like a but delayed you know like I suppose anxiety I mean like fear, fear like someone is behind me I need to run fear not often and so we look for this, these artificial emotions yeah to we stimulate don't, us stimulate oh my god bro <laughs> we're like robots man because our, our are we like, is that what he's trying to say are we like robots we're trying to look for artificial emotions. Just like her in the pool. We're trying to do that same thing. Yeah, she's descending into the sea or into the abyss. I want to feel fear. I want to fear. fear fear. I want to feel anxiety. I want to feel depression. I want to feel happiness. The spectrum. And we go to... What about what us? We want to go to movies to feel those things. I, yeah. Some people don't laugh a lot. They go to a comedy film. Some people don't they want to cry laugh. a lot. They want to go to a sad film. or They're not afraid a lot. They want to go to a horror film. There's something really primordial about the movies. Movies are like the perfect medium to experience everything at its height. And also to get away with things. Like, think about this. This is something that I heard, I read in a book somewhere that blew my mind. I thought it was fantastic. They go, movies, I think one of the reasons why this author was like, why they're so, um, and movie stars especially are so captivating to people because it gives you a chance to unleash the voyeuristic urges in a human that you couldn't exercise in real life so you get to look at somebody's face they're every pore like you know a big close-up on a huge screen without the fear of them turning and looking at you and catching you in the yeah. eye you can observe other people yeah. which at a distance it makes sense it's like a like a voyeur ultimately like escapism there's, too, there's no fear of being caught yeah. yeah escapism you're like escaping into something which mm-hmm. is hard to explain you're like you're running away to get run, to run towards something mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah it's like you you, you the person in the film is going to go approach a girl or it's going to go. And you do, get excited for him. And you're like, wow, I never kind of do that. Or he's going to give a big speech in front of a lecture hall. Wow. I never. Which is why I get, cause you do go to live 
that's why I think blockbusters are popular and people sort of, they forget this. And sometimes if blockbusters are done poorly, they don't. But people want to go and see emotions that regular people have, but shot out like fireworks. They want to see big romance. Melodrama. They want melodrama. Do they want, because people feel love and they feel passion in their real life, but they want to see it big with two super attractive, sexy people. Yeah. Why do you, is it? That's why I feel like. Why, why are people so, that's you want the like melodrama. A movie like Rogue One, I don't know if we talked, I don't think I talked about this, but there's a lack of sex in that movie that makes it feel alien and cold. You know, at the end, they don't the even two kiss, leads, do they? they just embrace. They have like a plutonic. You but know, that's real, though. I don't think that's real. You don't think that's real? That's like that's very corporate. That's very like men and women are working together, and there's no romance here in this corporate environment. You see, the, you know, but you see the, if you were really there in that situation, two hot, you know, sweaty, badass people, you're about to die. You're about, you're about to, to die. smash. You're about to get that's in That's how cheeks. people are, and you see that, and you go, yeah. "I want this. I want to see that happen." Don't give me the PC version. Don't yeah. give me the corporate. We're working together as plutonic. But, 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 but bro, you see, give me the you big see like the misogynist, feminist, dichotomous paradox. I don't. It's I use a lot of big words, but it's like humanizing. you do this. Oh, you get you get scolded. You do that, you get scolded. It's like either or. It's you can't of, win. You don't want to. You have to like do a, what you want. You don't want to act like an animal, obviously, right? Yeah. So the idea that feminists would come in and say there should be no more ass slapping in the workplace, a la Mad Men, but that's, right? But it happens sometimes, and you got to depict it. Sure, sure, sure. And so, yeah, all, so they're, all they're, propaganda. They're but draining the humanity out because the humanity, the humanity, humanity. The idea that these two hot people in Star Wars would have kissed at the very end if they they would have they would they would have done more than kiss. No, like we're gonna die. You might as well get that one that last nut out. That atavistic yeah. urge would have just <laughs> kicked in, man. But they want to deny that. animalistic that. urge. Yeah, they would, have, they would have denied that and say, no, they're just corporate working partners and this is the PC way. Bro, see, that's why I'm saying. denying humanity. I mean, this is the same thing at the end of Pacific Rim. Remember, they, they saved the whole yeah, world. The, and they the, just, the Asian they, woman and the white man? They hug. Yeah, they, didn't, they hug. Yeah, whatever. Like, they are about to get it in. It's like, okay. You know, and everyone's like, well, the romance wasn't built up to a significant thing. It wasn't realistic. And it's like, it doesn't matter. It's just. I mean, of course, that's a great. Life I, and death to have thing. a romance you believe is great icing on the cake, but you want to see a kiss at the end. They just save the world. Yeah. Don't give us the, the corporate hug. Yeah, nobody wants a corporate hug, man. Think of a corporate hug. That's what I'm going to call it the corporate hug. The hu- oh, I'm about to start being. <laughs> I'm about to start going on dates with girls. They're going to be like, oh, it's nice. Oh, 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 so you're just going to give me the corporate hug? Huh? Yeah, so it's yeah, like that? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, you know what? The weird yeah. thing about Pacific Rim is they shot two endings. One oh, they so kissed, one ending was. They kissed and one where they didn't. And then they said, let's go with the one where they don't kiss. See, that's BS, man. It doesn't optimize. But then again, the human hey, in Ghost in the Shell, you see how she's butt naked, and we were complaining about that, but maybe the director's like, hey, that's how I want to do it. You know what the she, thing she, about she, that, she, she, is Yeah, she gets invisible when she takes off the, her clothes. The nakedness, too, in that movie. It serves as a It's not titillating. I mean, it kind of is sometimes. But but it's not, though, because she's a robot, and she's but, unaware. Yeah, and by the other characters in the film, is treated as a very nonchalant thing. No yeah. one is like making jokes or like check that. Which, out. which I mean, it makes it seem that like you know, have you heard of naked beaches? You know, like right. maybe we are too concerned with our nakedness, and she's just a robot, and she's taking an oh, idea, yeah. a maybe uh-huh. a notion of some yeah. humans have taken, and yeah, maybe I'm all totally off base. But I had an argument one time with a girl in my class, and she was oh, saying, okay. "This is this is." The fact that men can go shirtless and women can is total hypocrisy. No, you can go shirtless if you want. And I'm like, you're probably right, but I would just say, like, what I think is that I hope that you continue to. We uh, tread lightly. <laughs> exactly. No, I go. I go. I told her this. I go. I think that that element of mystery is big. No. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, if women you walked know, around with shirts off all the time, men wouldn't be attracted to breasts anymore. 
it was I just, mean, they would be, but it well, wouldn't be a, like a you fixation. Watching a movie in the 1940s, a girl showing her leg was like, oh boy, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, the, not even the ankle. Yeah, I think that kind of makes sex fun. Whereas if you just make it like completely, so so if utilitarian. Oh, so you're trying to get on that Islamic tip. So you're saying if the oh, women are right. just cloaked. Yes, that's why this. The so you see that there's prefer, a, per, a spectrum. I prefer the burqa and the hajib because it's, wow, you're you're on a lot that, to the you're on that. You're I like it. Hell no! If a woman is I mean, cloaked, then you know she takes off the cloak and you just bust a nut as soon as she's naked. Exactly. You don't even get it in. You want to be able to. Right. You want you want some mystery there. You want some mystery, but I think that's a big thing. I'm like, hey, like, you want some mystery. Yeah, but I mean, if I was a woman, I'd walk around with my shirt off all the time. But that's yeah. just me. But what if you didn't? Have I mean, you know, I'll I'm thrive. Gonna, I thrive. Re- I thrive regardless. I'm cutting, but I'm cutting this whole portion out. <laughs> Why? This is good. No. This is this is good, bro. Yeah. <laughs> it's we're, we're the 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 um naked woman in Matoka and Ghost in the Shell. She, she's naked. And we didn't talk about it was the remake. Damn. Whatever. I think we'll just rehash anything that everybody else already. Let's said. talk about it real quick. Five seconds. Sure. And, and then since you're cutting it. this up, but hey, tell you what, how about trailer. this? I'm edit, and then I'll send you the edit, and if. You're saying, and I'll cut that out too, and I'll re-edit it, and I'll send it to you, and if you like it, man. All right. All right. All right, so, yeah. Um, yeah, Scarlett Johansson. I thought the trailer looked cool. I didn't even watch the trailer. Look good. I don't want to see it. Good, I mean, Good music choice, and the trailer looked cool. I mean, if... It looked like somebody watched it. Like, you know how our initial thought of what the movie would be? Yeah. And then we watched it, and we were like, that's not what I thought. It seems like they were like, let's make it... That yeah, 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 yeah. I feel like if they're really true to the source material, Americans are not going to like this movie. No, because this movie was horrible. I'm not horrible, like super deep and complex and philosophical. And they're going to generalize it and make an action adventure. They're going to f it up. As far as production design went, it looked pretty bad. Yeah, but it's don't watch trailer. I mean, yeah, yeah, but it's like uh, maybe. What do you think about the quote unquote whitewashing the body? I mean. I see where the complaint is coming from. I'll tell you, just to be real, it took a lot for me to get upset about it. I wasn't. It's just kind of like, why not just hire a Japanese actress, though? Yeah. It's like, why not? I think it's just not a powerful enough brand to carry worldwide with a Japanese Yeah, it's actress. like a it's corporate thing. Like, That's yeah, why they're yeah, hiring yeah. Scarlett Johansson. Well, so when it's a corporate wall. thing, it makes me feel like it's not even, they're not even interested in if the it's, subject if material. It's Star Wars. No, but like, it, no, of course not. But like, if it was Star Wars, they could We're probably sell. They could sell an Asian woman leading a Star Wars movie because the Star Wars brand is powerful enough to carry it. Yeah. So why even make the movie? Leave it alone. Because they're trying to capitalize off Lucy, which was such a big hit. They go, <sighs> "What vehicle for Scarlett Johansson? That's a badass woman. Can we do?" And they oh. said, "Ghost in the Shell is a woman kicking ass as a robot." And they go, "Put her in." I'm probably not going to see it though. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm no interest. I mean, I, I'm not really too hyped. But the fact that Scarlett Johansson is in it is like my biggest sticking problem. Scarlett Johansson is just alright. I, I agree. She's she's pretty. She's pretty. She's just alright. I think she's. She was good in that uh, mm-hmm. Alien film. What's the name of that movie where she lured men into like this? I dark never abyss? saw that. That movie was good. Yeah. Oh yeah. Texas right. guy. They tell him I'm yeah. late. But um, yeah. Um, it's been real. It has been real. Uh, we had a dope conversation. George, any last comments? No, man. I thought that was... Uh, I really enjoyed the I movie. told you it was going to be a good conversation. Yeah. 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 It was a great conversation. Yeah. All right. Um, so, all right, Signing man. Signing yeah. off until next time. Yeah. Actually, I think I'm going to say right now yeah. what the next movie should be. What? Boogie Nights. Paul Thomas Anderson's Boogie Nights. Done. Done. That's the next episode. That's the next episode, y'all. Peace. Oh, Peace. My little girl.